Well, I'm excited this morning. We got Rupert Harrell. He is one of our honor-bound guys. Uh, but more than that, Rupert works with Dave Reaver. Some of you know who Dave Reaver is. Uh, Dave Reaver was uh, in Vietnam. He was injured when a grenade went off near his head. And he struggled his entire rest of his life with just physical things. But I remember um, he spoke in our college when we were in college, and he's been doing this for years. But God has given Dave Reaver an incredible ministry to the military. They bring him into bases to speak to the veterans and, and to, uh, to help with the, the marriages and the, the post-traumatic stress disorders, all these different things. He works with them. And Rupert is one of his main, I'll say his right-hand man, um, kind of one of his main guys there that helps out. And Rupert also takes Vietnam veterans back to Vietnam uh, to visit to do healing things. Rupert also works with motorcycle ministry. Uh, he's our senior chaplain now. He took over for Curtis on Run for the Wall. We haven't had one since then, but eventually we will. Uh, ours got canceled again this year, but Rupert is the senior chapel, chaplain, chaplain, good grief, be glad I'm not preaching today, uh, senior chaplain for that. And then he also brought Jeff Sanders with him. Jeff is one other one of our chaplains on Run for the Wall, uh, but Jeff works with a biker church down in the Fort Worth, Dallas area, Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, he's got an incredible ministry down there as well. So they'll both be greeting today. So give a big Calvary welcome this morning to Rupert and to Jeff. Come on up, gentlemen. Thank you. That's enough. You know, <laughs> learned that from Dave. <laughs> it's a joy to be here. This is uh, my third time. COVID council last year, but uh, it's great to be here. I love coming. You're an awesome church, and I love the fact that you're a missions church. We passed, my wife and I pastored 25 years, and we pushed missions in our church and supported missions. Uh, my ministry, Rupert Ministries, support missions even today. Uh, Curtis and some other of our, our missionaries, and we uh, love it. And I get to see in fellowship with your pastor, and with Don and them, and, and Don, and so we, I love coming, and this year, my wife usually comes, but her mother was uh, sick, and we were alternating between her sister and her, and my wife was supposed to have her this month, uh, in February, but December 27th, she passed away, and we'd already scheduled for Jeff to come with me, which I'm, I'm real thrilled, he got travel with me for the first time, and uh, so she's helping our oldest boy do some stuff. And so, Jeff, I'm going to let you. All right. I, I, I want to echo what Rupert said. This is a great church. I was really encouraged in Sunday school about all the focus on missions. That's just outstanding. And so, yeah, you, you guys deserve a hand for that. So um, I, I'm, I'm honored to be here with Rupert. Rupert is one of my heroes. I've known him for eight years. I've served on the run for the wall with him for, I don't know, five or six times and you know, for the most part. Uh, him and I have roomed together going across country. We've probably ridden 20,000 miles or better. I don't know. Whatever, however many miles that ends up being. Uh, he's a great roommate, and uh, he's really my hero. Uh, he, I, I told him he's my favorite Vietnam vet, and, I, and I, I say that honestly because he really has a heart for Vietnam vets. Um, I didn't serve but I, I think it's a privilege to be able to serve people like him. Uh, and he, he's taken people back to Vietnam. He just, has a, he just has a great heart for that. 
Um, he's a, been a prayer partner of mine for a long time. I treat him as a, or I, I uh, accept him as a mentor. I look to him for guidance, and, and he just always has a good word of wisdom. And, and so I know he's got a good word for you this morning. Uh, just briefly about me, because I don't want to make it about, it needs to be about Rupert and what he's got for you. Uh, I am an associate pastor at a biker church down in Fort Worth. God's doing big things uh, in the biker community down there. We actually have a, a church of about 100 people that show up every Sunday. They're there right now. Um, I kind of joked this morning in Sunday school that this was uh, unusual for me to be in a place with walls because we don't normally have walls. It's kind of an outdoor thing. So uh, I appreciate the heat and the walls this morning. I'll just tell you that right now. But I, but I also miss my home church. Uh, so I'm going to turn it back over to Rupert. He's, he, he really is uh, just an outstanding man of God, and I'm sure he has something great for you this morning. Thank you, Jeff. I didn't pay him for that. Uh, and I'm treating him real nice because he, he, he drove his truck up instead of me having to drive. <laughs> but I'm, I'm the grandson of a, of a preacher. I'm the son of a military man who retired after 40 years, World War II in Korea. And through somebody asked him one time, said, did you go to Vietnam? And I was back home in North Carolina visiting him. He said, nope, I sent my son. And I said, yes, sir, and I sent your grandson to Desert Storm. So I'm from a military family, and I'm proud of it. That's why I love vets and the military. I know what we go through. I know what they've done for our country. And no matter what we're going through today, this is still the greatest country in the world. Still the greatest country. Now, don't want to get you upset, but this is not a Texas accent. I've been there since 80. I am a Tar Heel. I am from North Carolina. I am proud of it. <laughs> People, when I was on Dave's staff, I take phone calls. And I love your Texas accent. It's not Texas. <laughs> I was preaching in Cambodia at Global University. And they had this, young, this man going to interpret for me. And he was having trouble because he could not understand me. So there was another uh, Cambodian there who lived, just moved back from Texas. So they got him to come up and translate for me since he was from Texas <laughs> and try to go on. So it, it's, it's a rewarding life. I love what I do. I, the 25 years my wife and I pastored, I loved it, enjoyed it. But I love what I'm doing now more. And I realized this morning, as I was thinking, I'm in my 21st year of doing, working with Rupert Herald Ministries and with Dave. And because uh, I'm getting to work with military and bikers. And I get to do the two things I love. Number one, preach. And number two, ride a motorcycle. You can't beat the combination. Amen. And Curtis, it's real good to see you and Teresa. And know what God's doing for y'all. Turn your Bibles with your will. Over to Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 11, then 28 through 31. See, my little bookmark says, Granddaddy. My granddaughter gave me that. When she was about five years old. 
I usually don't sit, but some of you may know I think I've got a pinched nerve, and I've been having some problems coming up and also, and hardly standing, so that's why I'm kind of sitting on this one, on this today. Verse 11 says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry, carry them in, the, in his box bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Then over in verse 28, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faint nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. And I love this verse. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I've got a little jacket with the back of it has that on it and on the front. And I get a lot of compliments, especially in the winter when I come out of a restaurant and somebody behind and say, I love that jacket. But it's true. God gives us the strengths that we need. And in these days that we are in, folks, we need God more than ever. I believe that we're living in the last milliseconds of time. Am I doing okay? Oh, I heard some timers. <laughs> anyway, how many have been, been in the military? How many have been in war? Well, y'all know war is hell. I mean, plainly put it. I heard someone saying, I think I, uh, even David said it, you'd rather go through a divorce any day than go through war. Because it's, it's so bad. But I just had cataracts put in, and these are my old glasses, I'm waiting on my new ones. <laughs> I can see some, I can't see some. But uh, nonetheless, it's real. Problems are real. It's unchangeable. It's uh, fixed. There's a fixed given line. And what this fixed given line is, is called the snake line. You know, I know the Hubbles know this. You go out in the Colorado, go up these mountains, and there is a place where trees stop growing. And that's called a snake line. Nothing goes above that line. Nothing can live above that line, really. And the title of the message this morning is actually living above the snake line. And in these days and times, we need to live above that snake line. Security is a matter of living on the, at, that, uh, at that altitude, at that altitude, spiritually. We can, we can be spiritually minded and still be heavenly good. Heavenly good. Scripture suggests that there's a similar snake line up there that the naturalists began to call it uh, the division between the lower and the upper spiritual attitudes where they go in. And below the soul is never secure, below that snake line. 
but above that snake line. We go in. When you're below it, we have spiritual deception, spiritual poverty, weariness, exhaustion. You have uh, the final collapse. But when we get above that, we have spiritual abundance of all God has for us. Everything there. Paul refers to the upper aptitude in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. In heavenly places, in Jesus Christ and exhortation. If you did be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, over in Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Now this text gives us two suggestions, uh, two levels. The Christian level that can be lived, a lot of Christian life that may be lived and lived above that line and, and live... Uh, and then you got the type that's attempted to be lived when you get below that line. But it's above that line that we need. We have to have that security of the upper altitude. And the only way we can get that security of that upper altitude is by reading the Word of God and by praying. Study to show thyself approved. It not only does that, but it gives us the work and the wisdom to come in and to go against what, Christ, what Satan tries to bring against us. We can fight him. It was either in the Sunday school class this morning or or pastor said it. I believe Don did that. Uh, Jesus being tempted, those 40 days and 40 nights. When he came after him, he came down after he had not eaten for that time and tempted him. You serve me and I'll give you all this land, everything here around. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone. We live by the word of God. That's our bread. That's what helps us to fight the temptations. It's when we do not live in the Word. It's when we do not pray. When we do not study His Word that we are tempted and so easily begin to, to fall into that. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's easy to get tired spiritually and physically because of the battles that we face through temptations and all. But when we're in the Word of God and we can pray. Our strength stays strong. Scripture says, pray without ceasing. How can I do that? I'm driving and doing this. Hey, that's one thing I like about driving. I even ride my motorcycle. There's nobody there to talk to if I'm by myself. I can ride and just pray. No one interrupts me but me. I remember back as a kid, a friend of mine that was a Pentecostal preacher in North Carolina, we were, we were preaching, we were going to school, and... Uh, we were riding down the road, going to a service together, and we were, he sang, he, I don't sing, but he was singing at Calvary. And all of a sudden, both hands went up off that steering wheel. And I'm in the passenger side, both my hands are up. We're riding down the road as God directed that car, we're just worshiping God. Because when you're in his spirit, he's going to take care of you. He's going to know what we need. Amen? But he gives us that strength. Mount up with wings as eagles. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. Because when we're in the spiritual highs, we can run with God and we will not grow weary. We can walk with him and we will not faint. Because his strength and the Holy Spirit is there to keep us uplifted. And to keep us moving. And to notify and let us know when things are going wrong. There's a promise of more strength 
to endure all the strains that come our way. And we're having strains today, folks, because I really believe we're living in the last milliseconds. We've passed the last days. We're living in those milliseconds. Jeff and I may never get back to Texas and Christ come. And that'd be great with me. No problem. Except for I have some family members and all I want them to get right first. But I'm still looking. Lord, come quickly. Come on now. Temptations. Such irritations. You ever get irritated? <laughs> well, the Holy Spirit will stay in him that helps us to overfight that and to go in. This, as I was talking to David this morning, I was hurting real bad in the room and told Jeff, I said, might as well laugh or cry about it. So I was kind of making light of some of it, even though he knew how bad I was hurting. And, uh, but God says, I will touch you. I will minister you. I will uphold you. My strength isn't in Rupert Hurl. It's not in Jeff or Rex, Pastor Rex or, any, or Curtis or anybody. It's in him. And it's in the Holy Spirit. Because he says, I have a hedge built around you like I did around, around uh, Job. And Satan can't do no more to you than I'll allow him. So the victory is ours no matter what. It's always there. We just have to claim it. And I'm not talking about going out and claiming a car. I'm talking about claiming what God promised us. And 365 times in the Bible, it says, fear not. And that's one fear not for every day of the year. Fear not. Fear not sickness, because I'm with you. Fear not problems, I'm with you. And I'll give you the strength to go through all of it. Breakdowns are common in, in the low, uh, lowlands. Mental depressions. Physical depressions. But if we get in those heavenlies, folks, we don't have a mental breakdown. Because Christ and the Holy Spirit is in control of our mind. And he directs us and guides us in the way that we should go. And helps us go through those things. Depressed people are the ones who commit suicide. And they think that's the answer. Not going to hurt nobody else, but what they forget is they got family members they may hurt. And my Bible tells me that if you kill yourself, then you're already doomed yourself. You're not going to heaven. Hello? Think about it. I said that one time, my grandson answered me back. <laughs> the road of a man who lost... Everything you had. Nobody in this church knew it. He was always there. He would take, and, uh, take the offering, greet people, and everything. And one day he went home from church, and he lost everything he had. True story. Lost everything. But he was still there on a Sunday night and Wednesday night. And nobody ever knew what shape he was in. Because he had the trust and the faith in his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he knew that he was going to take him. There's a saying I have on my desk. I've had it even when I was pastoring. About footprints in the sand. 
You're walking in, you see two foot, sets of footprints, and all of a sudden one, they said, well, God, where were you? You left me alone to go through all this all by myself. He said, they're not your footprints. They're mine. I'm carrying you through your problems. I'm carrying you through your trials. I'm carrying you through the situations that you may not know what the answers are. But I will make a way for you. I'm not going to let anything hurt you or hinder you. The promise of more uh, calmness of soul in time of trial, in time of testings. Psalm 27 and verse 1 says, The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? He's my strength. Why should I be afraid? Isaiah 30 and 15. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. It's quiet and confidence. Let God fight your battles. You don't have to. You don't have to come back and, and give verbal or whatever. Christ says, I go ahead of you. I will take care of your battles. I will make a way for you. Then you have total commitment. In Romans 12, 12 and verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your my, I insert in parentheses, reasonable service to present it to him holy. And to give to him an unclean, uh, give to him a clean temple. And if it's unclean, let him clean it. Amen? Because we can't do it. It's not by works, but it's by faith and trusting in God. There's more freedom from struggle living above that snake line. You know what we worry about? We worry because we worry about things we can't control. So why worry? And the Bible says it's a sin to worry. And why worry when you can pray? You get more done by prayer than you do by worrying. They tell me you get wrinkles in your face and everywhere and hair gets gray and mine's turning that way but it's age or mileage. Age has nothing to do with it. It's all mileage. <laughs> Oh, but men struggle with these, out, uh, these, these are due to the altitude, low altitudes they're in when they struggle with them. They're not living to their potential where God wants them to live. They're not letting him fill them with what he wants to give them. You know, he's a, it's a gift that he just wants to reach out and give you. It's just like on Christmas. You know, we give our kids or family gifts and they reach, we give to them, they reach out. Well, God's wanting to give us everything. He's giving them to us. He's reaching out and giving them to us. We just got to reach in and take them and bring them in. And we forget that, and that's all it is. And he gives us all our desires when we delight ourselves in him. Saints in the wicked city of Ephesus was there. In the New King James Version, Ephesians chapter 1-1, like how God brought them out and cleansed them. You have in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, sinners in the Garden of Eden. I heard someone say that, uh, after the rapture, maybe that the, when we're in that area, that uh, uh, where it's maybe just like a, a Garden of Eden for us all over again. I don't know. And I've heard people say, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm going to ask Jesus why this happened, why that. Why I disagree. I think the first thing we're going to do when we get to Jesus, get to heaven, we're going to fall on our knees and say, Thank you, God, I made it. 
I just wanted to see you, and I love you, and I wanted to tell you I love you face to face. And I got a dad and a mom and some grandparents and some other relatives that I want to see when I get there. Amen? Given the environment, one finds security. And another one finds struggles. When we're around brethren, we get struggles. That's why I love right, right, having like Jeff with me and running for the wall of these guys, the chaplains. It's because the fellowship that we have, the camaraderie that we have. And, and as far as me not being, having been on the rise as a senior chaplain yet, I'm really not worried about it because I hate to step into Curtis's footsteps. That's some big shoes to follow, folks. And those that have ridden some run for the wall knows that it is. He did a, did a fantastic job. And when living above that snake line, we can say, as the song says, it is well with my soul. It's well with my soul. Victory comes, though, not from combat, but victory comes from avoiding combat. That's where we get our victory. The scripture says a soft answer turneth away wrath. Sometimes that's hard, but it's when the Holy Spirit will take over and we live above that, spirit, that snake line where you can come in and do it. There's an illustration, and I know Don will catch this real quick. True story of a pilot that landed on a farm. When he took off, he had a rat because he broke down. He fixed it, had it, took off. He had a rat on board. And he knew that that rat could uh, chew through that fuel line in that aircraft. So the pilot climbed to a higher altitude, put his oxygen mask on, and without that, that oxygen, that rat died. He could finish his mission and come back down and land. That high altitude, that spiritual altitude where God has us because he was able to do what God wanted him to do. That insecurity of lower altitude. You know, an eagle, we, Pastor and I, we, we were talking, he was telling us last night about some eagles he saw and how they're here. But, you know, an eagle usually sets real high. He goes above, up in that snake line. And he watches, that way the prey can't come after him. And he saw it one, then he'll come down, and that 10 foot windspan, he can take and float for a long time, then goes back up. But he does it because he doesn't expose himself to the enemy. And when you and I live above that snake line, we don't expose our spiritual life to the enemy. There was a pilot warned against flying low. He loved to fly low levels. And uh, he was an Army, Army bomber pilot. And he crashed into the 78th floor of a high building, which just happened to be the Empire State Building. And, of course, it killed people. No, this wasn't the 9-11. This was before that. But when that crash was investigated, they found out there was no fog. There was no bad weather. The whole problem was he was flying too low not listening to those that were trying to tell him to fly high, to stay in the high altitudes. And this morning you have a choice to stay in the high altitude or don't go down into that lower altitudes and continue fighting battles by yourselves. We as Christians need to realize about the perils of low flying through court without being up there. Associations reveal our spiritual attitude, who we, who we associate with who we'd rather be with. Associations also determine our conduct. 
on how we act, what we do. You know, my dad used to say apples, apples, uh, well, flocks one another. I'm trying to remember back, but he, uh, we, birds of a feather fly together. And I'd rather stay with those that are spiritually high and go make the way than I had others. And associations are either going to make us or they're going to break us. What's your spiritual attitude this morning? How close are you on that snake line? How close are you to saying, oh Lord, do I really, am I sure? Because things are too hard. I don't know about this. I'm not sure whether I can, can handle all this or not. Folks, let me tell you, we can't handle nothing by ourselves. The only thing that puts us through is the power of God and our families that are Christians praying together. That's what keeps us going. Is living above that snake line. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Rupert. Put this over here before I drop it. That's something we need to hear. If we want to live with Christ, we need to, to go all in, right? And we want to be there. We want to be in relationship with him. That's what's going to help us grow. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up if they would. You know, we all have struggles in this life. We all have difficulties. But when we're walking with Christ, he walks with us through those things. And how close we want to get to him is whose choice? It's ours, right? We have to put in those disciplines. You know, I, was, um, I rode with the chaplains on Run for the Wall last year, which is a, a veteran's motorcycle ride, we, or two years ago. We start in Los Angeles, and we ride all the way to the Vietnam Veterans Wall in Washington, D.C., and there's about 1,100 by the time we're done. Our route had about 300, and the chaplains kind of ride in the back, and we ride side by side. I rode next to Rupert for a while, and I was just, this guy's amazing. I mean, he rides a big old Harley, and I was riding next to him, and I was watching him going down the road. He had music playing. He was kind of dancing with the music, and then I saw him, like, reach up, grab a sucker, unwrap it with one hand, stick in his mouth, and eat it. I was like, this guy's incredible. (laughs) But the reason he's that good is because he what? He does it a lot. He rides. He practices. He puts in the work to be a better rider, right? That's the only way to get better. And the Christian life is a lot the same, guys. If we want to grow in our relationship with Christ, we have to do the work like he was talking about. We have to study the word on our own. We have to spend time praying to get close to him, to hear his voice. So if you're physically able this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand with us today. And we're going to do this real simple today. I'm just going to ask you to get along with God. Just take a moment, shut your eyes, close yourself in. You guys at home, stand up. Just kind of shut yourself in with the Lord today and say, Lord, how close am I to you? Am I living above that line like Rupert talked about? Am I putting in the time and putting in the effort with my relationship with you? And Can I do that better? So Lord, right now, I just thank you so much that your love for us isn't based on how good we do. But Lord, we thank you that we can get as close to you as we want to by putting in the time, by putting in the effort, spending time with you, spending time alone in your word and Lord, like Rupert said, there's so much stuff coming at us all the time. 
We've got news coming at us 24 hours a day. We've got social media coming at us 24 hours a day. We've got things at work and home coming at us every day. But Lord, we pray that you would help us today to take time alone with you to filter that stuff out and to listen to what you want to say to us. To put ourselves in a position to hear from you and to put in that time. And Lord, I just pray that you would encourage us today and challenge us in that. And Lord, if there are any of us here today who don't have that relationship with you like Rupert was talking about, Lord, would you challenge us on that as well? And we take the time to be with you, to be in your presence and to receive that forgiveness. And so Lord, I just pray for all those today who are struggling. Lord, for those who are here and they just say, I just, I I have so many attacks coming at me, attacks from family, attacks from friends, attacks from the enemy. Lord, would you protect them and would you build them up and strengthen them today? Father, would you work in our hearts today? In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing one more song. Melissa's going to come up and lead us. And I'm going to challenge you, take some time during this song and just really evaluate, Lord, where am I at? Where am I at in my relationship with you? Am I putting in that time to grow in you? Am I putting in that time to know your word?